Welcome to another episode of That One Movie Podcast, also known as Tomp, the weekly show where we discuss movies, games, and TV shows in addition to kind of whatever. Mainly, we just shout nonsense into our microphones. I'm your host, Holden Sutter, joined by my co-host, Jimmy Uthie. Jimmy's with the maggot, Holden. Sure is. <laughs> um, we've got a great episode for you this week, uh, featuring our review of Evil Dead Rise. No TV show this week. Uh, well, maybe if a certain somebody would catch up on a succession that they've been watching for like six months. <laughs> uh, just- in my defense, I really only, I think when we get to what are you doing, I really only watched like one thing this week. I haven't had a ton of time. Been busy. Okay. So. Well, you just got to catch up by the finale, Holden, because yeah. I just want to at least review the season as a whole. And if you don't, I will find a different co-host. Oh, no. Yeah, there <laughs> you deadline. go. <laughs> yeah. We got to oh, throw yeah. some stakes into the narrative of our podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll hold the and it. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, stay tuned. That one movie podcast. But first, Jimmy, we've got to do the Toms. The Toms, the Toms, the Toms, the Toms. Toms is a rapid fire segment where we rate the news of the week in the world of entertainment on a scale of three famous Toms, Brokaw, Bombadil, and Bergeron. Brokaw's the highest, Bombadil's the lowest, and Bergeron is somewhere in between. Jimmy, let's get to it. I am so excited, Holden. Lots of trailers this week. What was it? what happened this week? Uh, CinemaCon. CinemaCon. Cinema, Cin- Cinnabon. Cinnabon. <laughs> I don't even, like, I feel like every year CinemaCon happens and I, like, do not know what it is. I don't know, like, where it's at. I don't know what it is supposed to be. I mean, Cinema Convention, literally the name, so I understand that, but I don't really, like, <laughs> it just kind of comes and goes, but then there's, like, a lot of things that happen at it. Mm, so nice. uh, not really sure uh, a lot of things were shown including i know there were like trailers for killers of the flower moon i think wicked had some stuff there is a bunch of stuff that we just like the public doesn't have yet but we do have a few um and we'll start with the trailer for the new hunger games movie um the ballad of songbirds and snakes um we've talked about it before on the podcast but just in case you forgot this is a prequel um set i think it's like 50 years before no i think it's more than that. i think they said it's the 10th hunger games and it's like the 74th hunger games in the first book so by my math holden that would be 64 years before it. that's crazy I, I, I guess i didn't realize how old president snow is i was to gonna say movies. he's an old man well <laughs> you know good thing we don't have any old presidents in our country holden yeah yeah right yeah. Uh, <laughs> no um yeah, so this is a prequel, as you said, set during the 10th annual Hunger Games, probably about 60-some years before. Oh, oh, oh look at this. Uh, on Wikipedia, set in the universe of the Hunger Games, okay. 64 years oh, before yeah. the first installment. Cor- Coriolanus? Yeah, he has like a weird... Well, everyone in this has like a weird name, so... Yeah. Uh, who is far from the cold, calculating dictator seen during the events of the original trilogy. This is like the... This is like Darth Vader, Anakin Skywalker, <laughs> Cor- Coralanius. Iconic Snow. character, uh, President Snow. 
He's somewhat iconic. Yeah, I know. He's I I mean he, he was a good antagonist I think for those movies and books, but not Donald really. Sutherland carries that character though. Yeah, absolutely. Do you think we're getting a Donald Sutherland cameo like in a post-credit scene or something? He's like we'll see him like reminiscing about his time in the this movie. I want him to just play President Snow <laughs> as like a young man. <laughs> play the play the 20-year-old President Snow in this movie yeah. or whatever. <laughs> uh look, I mean we have ragged on this movie. Mm-hmm. We've been like this is silly, who wants this? Irrelevant. But yeah. I think the trailer actually looks kind of good. Yeah. It it really, I mean, it's been so, I mean, it feels like it's been quite a while since the last Hunger Games. That was probably like 2015, something like that. Or, uh, way to put me on the spot. Mocking <laughs> J Part 2 movie 2015. 2013? 2015. Oh, 2015. Okay. <laughs> Eight years ago. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, it's been a while. Um, I, I mean... Hunger Games was a big part of our childhoods. I mean, at least in just general like culture, we are the perfect age for these movies to be big. Yeah. And I mean, we were in the middle of that whole uh, dystopian uh, teenage kind of hype. I guess yeah. um, I was never really I, I I was never like a like a divergent kid or anything. No. I never really got too into them aside from I think the Hunger Games and maybe a few here and there. But yeah, Hunger Games is the main one big thing i think and we i mentioned this to you earlier today i think it's probably like the perfect time for this kind of movie to come out in terms of i mean like the the core audience of this series is old enough now that they can just go watch a movie they they'll see something that you know it's it's related to you know the series that they liked growing up and so that's they'll, they'll go watch it i think even though there's a few big movies coming out around this time i think it'll probably still do pretty well yeah, I mean, you think it's a better time to come out now or 2017, two years after the the last one? See, I, I mean, I guess I don't know what the general thought. I think they still like were making a lot of money by the end. But I, for me personally, by the time that last one was coming out, I was getting burnt out. Like, I really don't remember that much about that last movie. <laughs> I did watch it, but I'm not sure I could tell you a single thing that happens in that movie. Because uh, I just the hype. I was mostly watching it, I think, out of obligation at that point. I went to it with my sister. I remember the maybe the worst epilogue in cinema history. <laughs> yeah, that's all I remember. Well, I, I remember it being better than the book, in my opinion. Yeah, Having I was going to read say, the book you, yeah, once and well, seen the movie once. <laughs> I think both parts of that third book uh, adaptation were better. Yeah, I I, I would probably agree. Um, Although I do, I remember when that third book came out, a lot of people loved it, but then it kind of... Really? At least for me. A a lot of people I knew loved it, but then I know like public discourse around it kind of turned more negative. I think it was just like immediately when it came out, people were like excited for the final Hunger Games and everything. But anyway, we've talked about a lot of background around this, not actually the trailer. (laughs) Here's what I like, Colden. Yeah. I I think the production design looks really cool. Mm -hmm. Um I, that's a plus. Um, and then the cast. I mean, you have Rachel Zegler, Peter Dinklage, Viola Davis, mm-hmm. um, among others too. But I'm especially excited for Peter Dinklage as like the what's the games master or whatever they called that. Yeah, I, Viola Davis introduced him as like the the guy who like actually created the Hunger Games. So yeah, interesting. 
Um, look, uh, Rachel Zegler's character comes from District 12, it looks like. I, I thought there was, like, not a winner from District 12 outside of Haymitch. Uh, I mean, Woody Harris. maybe, that, maybe that's <laughs> just goes to show what will happen in the movie. <laughs> maybe, but I honestly don't remember. So yeah. I am pretty impressed that I remembered that it was the 74th Hunger Games in the first one. But that's mainly because it was the quarter quell in the second one. Yeah, so. it was like a big deal. Or wait. Or no, the quarter quell, that would be Catching Fire, right? Yeah, the second one. Oh, okay, okay. Sorry. I thought you were talking about the first one. No. Come on, Holden. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, look, I, only have I mean, the Hunger Games, it, it's kind of the reason that we had the dystopian cliche trend. It kind mm-hmm. of established the, the standard that, I mean, I haven't seen Divergent or whatever, but or I read the Maze Runner, the first one. Didn't like the second one. But I mean, in the same vein, and I feel like the Hunger Games has transcended a lot of that and actually has some sort of relevance. Yeah, I think it still has some cultural relevance because a lot of people do have nostalgia for it. It is probably, I mean, I remember liking the Maze Runner books, I, but I, and I guess I can't really speak for a lot of them because I just haven't read them, but it seems to be that they're kind of the most well-liked in general, aside from maybe that that last one. And even I think this prequel book, I, I heard some good things about. So maybe they are just like the most well-realized of them. And that's kind of why they're so, you know, prominent or anything. But The Hunger Games? Yeah, The Hunger Games, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I just think they might be the best too. That second book, I feel like is a really good sequel. I remember um, liking it, yeah. And I, I uh, remember liking the second movie more as well than the first. But uh, yeah, no, I... I'm actually excited for this, and I was not before, so I'm going to have to give it a broke. I'm excited to see The Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds, and Snakes, The Hedge Knight. <laughs> yeah, and it's uh, directed by Francis Lawrence, who I believe did direct all of the other ones. So, Any relation to Jennifer Lawrence, then? Uh, no, I don't think so, but yeah, that's a good point. I don't, I don't believe so. Um but yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's, he's kind of back in his. It's kind of like the guy who directs all the Harry Potter movies. <laughs> he's just very comfortable uh, with this. But yeah, um, yeah, eager for it. Probably not more excited than Dune, which comes out like a week later, I think. But um, you know, still, still excited. I'll give it nice. a Broca. I think. Sweet two Brocas from us, Holden. Yeah, um, and on the other end of the spectrum, let's just probably get the worst one out of the way, uh, which is the new Flash trailer. <laughs> Initially, I don't, I was, I wasn't sure. Like, I know there was like a new Transformers trailer. I don't want to, I don't care about that. Who cares? But this new Flash trailer looks bad, um, and I <laughs> want to talk about it because James Gunn and like everyone at DC is like swearing this is the greatest movie of all time. And I just well, I mean, like, I mean, before the podcast when Holden and I got together, I was talking about, did you see how Steven Spielberg liked the new Indiana Jones? Mm-hmm. Of course, James Gunn's going to say, oh, this is a great movie. He's Warner Brothers has it's like a gun to his head. He's got to <laughs> they put the gun in his name. All right. <laughs> he has got to say that he's got to say it. Maybe he actually thinks it. Who knows? I think it looks like a mess at the very least mm-hmm. um look i it look i i like how they're trying to give it heart right I, the idea that look you the flash tries to go back to save both of it or his parents or whatever tying that with batman who lost both of his parents 
you know, they have that connection there. That's interesting. I just, I like the concept a lot. Yeah, and it's... The, the execution in the trailer is just annoying Ezra Miller DC flash that we've seen in the other movies <laughs> I don't like. And then Michael Keaton Batman's fan service. Yeah, and Michael thrown Keaton together and then there's Supergirl is just in there as well. Mm-hmm. And for me, uh, another thing, I just the the VFX just look too clean. Or so I, they're just like they don't look. It doesn't look real at all. And maybe that's just the style they're going for. I I think it looks not good from a VFX standpoint. Like there's a shot in the trailer where it's kind of halfway through, where the Flash, um, the other Flash, I think, and Supergirl all running and they like come to a stop. Yeah, that looks bad. <laughs> and it's like the camera. It's just like that you could not actually have a camera like that. And it's just way too smooth. Mm-hmm. And the stuff in the background doesn't look real at all. And it's just hyper. It's either hyper stylized or it's just not good. See, see for me. <laughs> and I, I don't think it looks good either way. Mm-hmm. But maybe that's exactly what they were going for. And I, to me, that would be a mis- miscalculation. For me, it looks like it looks very similar to how the action and VFX are done in a lot of the other like Snyderverse movies, take your Justice League or Batman v Superman or whatever. But it's like daytime, so it's. I was just gonna say that like, it's like during the day, so it doesn't look as cool. Yeah, as like like I don't really care for the action in those movies, but you're able to kind of hide a lot of the blemishes and like weird like (laughs) weirdness of it that you were kind of describing by setting it at night and that's kind of a well-known trick is you know make that's why a lot of these superhero movies the climax is at nighttime because it's easier to hide those those imperfections but here it looks like a lot of it is daytime which i i don't have a problem with inherently i think that's makes it stand out a bit more but i just don't think they've put in the extra effort to make it look you know reasonable (laughs) realistic it's and it doesn't look convincing um so yeah you want to get nuts let's get nuts yeah cringy line just hearkening back to the 89 batman um i saw a comparison online that was like comparing that to when willem dafoe in no way home says i'm something of a scientist myself (laughs) Where, where it's like clearly Willem Dafoe just has a lot more fun or at least he puts on a face better than Michael Keaton who just clearly doesn't want to be there Michael Keaton is there for a paycheck (laughs) Willem Dafoe's like having fun being Green Goblin again I don't know if I'd go that far I'm sure Michael Keaton had fun being Batman again I don't I don't know I one of my big problems with him coming back is it feels like it feels like so like counter like he literally made the movie Birdman, which is like about him not doing this kind of thing. <laughs> like it's it's like he made that movie and a lot of his, you know, I I don't know how much of a I'm sure he had quite a bit of a hand in the writing with that. I guess I can't speak for sure not knowing the credits off the top of my head, but seems to come from a lot of his own experience and in that movie is like he decides he doesn't want to go back for a Birdman reboot or whatever and or legacy sequel and now he's doing that exact same thing in real life. <laughs> it's just I seems, mean that's I yeah I think that's a lot of s- just speculation though. Yeah, that's true. But and that Birdman came out what ten years ago as well. Yeah, is that ten so, years? Wow. 
I don't know. I, I, I'm not going to speculate whether or not he enjoyed or did not enjoy coming back. I just think that Honestly, I that's all I I want to see. To be fair, like I, I don't even like Michael Keaton's Batman's movies, Batman movies that much. Like I enjoy them, mm-hmm. but uh, I just like Batman. So if it's like twenty five percent of Batman movie, I'll guess I'll enjoy that part. I just like the Flash and Ezra Miller. Not like even set aside the off-screen Ezra Miller stuff. I just have not enjoyed Ezra Miller Flash on screen. No. no so I'm no, not no. <laughs> And now there's going to be two of them and one just seems even more obnoxious. <laughs> so I'm like I'm just not looking forward to that. And who knows anything? I don't know anything about Supergirl, so we'll Yeah. See. Um I mean, you mentioned, I mean, the the Flashpoint story that this is based on is really interesting and one of the most, probably, I'd argue, most beloved DC stories. I mean, as you said, I mean, even in the comics, there's a strong connection in the story between Batman and, and Flash and everything. So it makes sense that Batman's here, but I just don't care about this version of, version of the Flash and I just... It's weird to have this story at this this critical juncture of the DC universe, which I know is before is made before the reboot plans and everything. But even if it wasn't being rebooted, it still seems like a weird place to have it. Um, it it just seems like a waste of a really good storyline that mm-hmm. James Gunn could have used later. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> honestly. Yeah, so maybe they a, will th- just do it again later. There's a pretty good animated one of the DC animated movies is. Uh, justice league the flashpoint paradox and i think that's one of the better ones that i've seen that's a really good adaptation of the story um but yeah i just i don't see how it's going to be done that well here i don't see how how they're not just lying through their teeth for this movie (laughs) i will say this i don't hate the Zack snyder movies at all i mean i haven't seen uh man of steel all the way through but i actually enjoy batman versus superman dawn of justice and i actually enjoy snyder cut justice league snyder cut justice league is my favorite out of the three i still i don't love it but it's at least enjoyable um i i don't really care for i wouldn't say i like hate it or anything but i i don't really care for the snyder verse that much personally but i don't really i mean i just if i enjoy them like mm-hmm. the death of the Snyderverse is not killing me. Yeah, not gonna go angry online about it. But it, look, so maybe I do like this movie. You know, I, like I said, the heart seems to be there. Maybe they'll win me over in the context of the film. The trailer's not doing it for me though, so I'm gonna go Bergeron. Yeah, I think I'll go. I'll go Bergeron with that too. Um, we'll see. We're like a little over a month away from this. So I can't wait to get this for every single movie for the next month <laughs> for the trailer for it. <laughs> yeah. Dude. Yeah. Whatever. Anyway, um, let's do wish for the next trailer. Um, wish is the new Disney animated film coming out in November. This one is a musical and seems to be uh, based on what I understand, kind of the, the hundredth year celebration for mm-hmm. Disney. Um, it's not like this is a, like a Avengers style crossover of all of their characters or anything, but it seems to be, um, kind of themed around the wishing star that appears on the Disney logo. Um, yeah, I don't know. what do you think of this trailer, Jimmy? 
Look, I mean, the they got the animation style. It's like more... It's weird. It's like they're trying to do an Into the Spider-Verse thing, but also just keep it the exact same way it was before. Mm-hmm. And it's throwing me off a little bit. Yeah. Um, it, they go, have go it, ahead, say what you're going to say. Yeah, they, they have it at like... They still have it like high frame rate or whatever. They're not doing that kind, that kind of Spider-Verse, but it's, it's 3D animated, but it's like there's a... I don't. I wouldn't say it's a filter or anything, but it, for lack of a better term, I'm going to say filter. There's a filter over it that makes it kind of look two dimensional. Um, it's it looks it kind of has like a hand drawn look plastered onto it. The backgrounds look like they could be actually drawn or or whatever. They a lot of those backgrounds, especially in the distance, look two dimensional. So I don't really know. It's hard to tell. It's it's a blend, which in some ways I think kind of works for a celebration of 100 years. You're kind of combining the two main art styles they've yeah. gone through. So. Yeah. Um, look, I, I, I do miss the 2D animation, especially Same. like watching Milan and Hercules in my class, seeing those, I mean, <laughs> tens of times. Mm-hmm. You just get such a... I really like you know if I just was watching it for the plot every time I would go crazy but so I start to pay attention to all the minutiae of the animation and just like Mushu and Hades I mean just the amount of care and all the meticulous decisions that have gone into that and how it just works to build that character um I just get such a an appreciation for the the decisions by the artists and the animators who who put the work in and and it's such a craft. So I mean, look, I I would love to see this be good. Um, you have a villain, Chris Pine. Um, oh, Chris Pine's the, the villain. I guess. I yes, I believe so. The oh. King Magnifico or something is his name. Magnifico maybe is the different <laughs> emphasis or something. Um, <laughs> I feel like we don't get enough from this trailer to really have a good sense of, of what's going to be in there. You got a talking, what was a goat? Yeah. Alan Tudyk. Oh, that's Alan Tudyk. Okay. I was wondering. I thought it was Patrick Stewart for a second. Okay. It's Alan so Tudyk, Patrick though? Stewart, but it's a uh, Alan Tudyk. I was looking in the description. So, um, that could be funny. Um, Disney. I mean, they, I'm moderately excited. It's, it looks better than I thought it was. I mean, when we first heard the, the wish, premise i was like that sounds really dumb and yeah. i think i said that on the podcast <laughs> look we see a little bit more there's potential here i'm gonna go bergeron um yeah no i think it has quite a bit of potential to it it looks i mean visually very interesting and um and it's a musical so i'm gonna be very eager to hear the if the music is any good is it gonna be like an encanto you know level or is it gonna be a frozen two level <laughs> of music <laughs> And I know there's better, there's probably better and worse, but those are just more recent examples. Um, that's uh, yeah, I'll go, I'll go Broca. Looks like nice. a fun trailer. Um, next up, we'll do next goal wins. Uh, which next is, goal wins? Yes, yeah. Taika Waititi's new film. Yeah, um, about the um, the American Samoa uh, football team. Um, which Jimmy knows a lot more about the sport than I do. Um, I don't know, Jimmy. What do you think of this trailer as a as a soccer fan? 
Um, look, I, I think I have heard about the American Samoan team and, and getting annihilated. I don't know where this story goes. But um, to get beat 31-0 by Australia, that's uh, that's not good. Australia's, the Socceroos, as they call them, are, are not particularly good historically. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it looks funny. I mean, Michael Fassbender... <laughs> looks fun uh taika watiti it's it's uh just a straight up goofy movie and i think we just need a straight up goofy movie from taika watiti because people complain that he makes serious movies too goofy so <laughs> let him just do a downright goofy movie i like how they uh said from the loser of all these nominations or, yeah or whatever awards yeah <laughs> uh taika obviously has a cameo in it as you can see from the trailer not surprising he cameos in a lot of things he does um i think it looks like a lot of fun uh it's a classic like you know fish out of water guy underdog underdog sports out of shape you know all these things going into it and uh i think it looks like a fun time i also caught at the end of the trailer uh score by michael giacchino oh interestingly enough so okay <laughs> we'll Fun. see how that is yeah no and um yeah i i'm really excited i th- this between this and the killer if michael this could be a good year for michael fassbender because lord knows he needs one <laughs> <laughs> the poor guy yeah um no i'm i'm, I'm excited so i'm gonna go broke off for it next goal wins i i want a good time at the theater and i i do like like myself some soccer holden yeah um I don't care for soccer, but you know, Taika Waititi movie. I I'm all on board. Michael Fassbender and Will Arnett, Elizabeth Moss, a bunch of people in it that I like. Very excited. I'll give it a broka. Sweet. Um, and then the final trailer we have to talk about is Black Mirror season six. Um, this is obviously the new season of Black Mirror, the show um, on Netflix, all about it's an anthology show where each episode is about technology ruining our lives, about your phone is evil. <laughs> That's like the, we're going to have a nice TikTok episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And I mean, for me, I mean, it, it looks good. Um, I don't it wasn't clear how many episodes it is. I assume it's only a few. I know the last season was three um, and lots of times it's, you know, anywhere from three to six. We'll see. But uh, you got like Aaron Paul in here. Uh, Zazie Beats. Um, what's her name from Schitt's Creek? Um, Not sure. Yeah. The daughter. Um yeah, and I I looked up the list. I don't have it pulled up right now, but it looked like a pretty good cast for this season. Um, what do you think of the trailer, Jimmy? Yeah, I mean, it's just kind of nonsensical, a lot of context, a lot of things happening. Um, but, uh, I mean, Black Mirror, it has been four years since Jeez. season five, <laughs> which was right right at the beginning of our podcast, probably in the first 50, 50 episodes that mm-hmm. we reviewed that uh, or earlier. Um, so... You know, I haven't even seen all the Black Mirror episodes, but I mean, you know, I there's probably going to be one really good one out of these. So that's usually how it works. There's usually at least one, <laughs> one winner, maybe one stinker, and then the others vary. But Black Mirror's fun because it's like you know you're you're not quite in the mood for a movie, but you don't want to you're in between shows, or you don't want to watch the next episode of a thing. 
you want to watch a th- just a standalone thing with friends and they're like 40 minutes to an hour 10 you know whatever it mm-hmm. is and it's just kind of a nice little uh, in between short film and feature film sort of deal so i think that's cool that that medium exists i love uh sci-fi especially really good sci-fi so i i enjoy peak black mirror very much so so i'm excited for this um and i'll probably just wait to see which episodes are good <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm i'm very much excited looks like it's coming out in june i believe so yeah um yeah coming out very soon we might talk about at least some of it on the podcast here um yeah i'll i'll, I'll give the trailer a broca looks good awesome a little we see um but yeah, that's it for trailers this week that we have available to us. Um, getting on to the other news. Jimmy, did you hear the tea that was spilled from Tamara Morrison about Mandalorian? <laughs> no, I did not hear about the Tamara Morrison tea. Yes. Um, so he, he was, it was an interview this week. I, can't, I don't know exactly what he was being interviewed about. but Was um, he speaking like Boba Fett? Probably. Like, I have something. I just read the quote. I, I did about. read it in Boba Fett's voice. <laughs> uh, but he said, uh, "I was supposed to be in the Mandalorian season three, but nobody rang me. I was waiting for the phone call in New Zealand, waiting and wanting to give up. Well, that Mando guy stole a few chapters of my book. I'm sure this guy is uh, ruining my show, but I couldn't say anything. I'm not the writer, so I have to bear it, I guess." Ruining is a funny word to say for en- enhancing. <laughs> Or at least hijacking. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Obviously, the Mando episodes, we think, are the best episodes of the Book of Boba Fett. However, I do feel for the guy. Because I I feel like he does really like being, like, this character. Yeah. But he's just... And his show was, I mean, I would would argue hijacked is is a decent word for it. Um, I wouldn't say ruined. I would say hijacked. Yeah. Yeah. His show was hijacked. And, I mean... I don't know if having two more episodes of, of whatever was going on with his story would make it better but uh, for, for the overall plot, but it would make it, I guess, at least more consistent of a story. Um, yeah. And I don't, and then I feel bad for him not showing up on Mandalorian Season 3 as well, too, because, I mean, like, why not? The season already wasn't great, so, like, <laughs> it doesn't really matter. Like, I mean, not... I'm not implying that Tamara Morrison is bad or anything, but um, I mean, why not throw him in there? Like, it's I don't think it would make it worse. No, he made season uh, season two better. Yeah, I would argue. Yeah, he, he was, was fun. See, if they would have just left the Boba Fett stuff at season two of Mandalorian and just had Boba Fett be a, a buddy mm-hmm. along, here's an idea. How about? Boba Fett is in the show, a character you've actually established in the show <laughs> with camaraderie, and he's one of the, just the Mandalorians now. That'd be good. And he's just one, like he could have replaced that Cara Dune role of just a fun kind of sidekick person. Yeah, like you said, Tamira Morrison clearly likes to play Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. Why? Why not just <laughs> write him into the show instead of? Oh, let's go back to these other people from Clone Wars. Um. Which again, maybe they're more Im- important to the lore of Mandalore, but why not just let Boba Fett come into that too? Yeah, I don't know. Like, even- I would have liked to have seen him. I didn't think season three was good. If you liked season three, maybe this would have been a bad idea. Yeah, no, I, I, I feel for the guy. 
Um, I hope he gets, you know, a chance to come back as Boba Fett in some capacity. I'm sure he will. I can't imagine that Disney's like, you know what, Book of Boba Fett was bad, so you're just never coming back. Like, the character's still recognizable, and people like him, so... Yeah, he'll probably be back, but yeah, disappointing he wasn't in the new season. So I'll give it a I'll give it a Bombadil, sure. Yeah, I'll go Bergeron. All right, fair enough. Um, Jimmy, the next the new Blade movie uh, gets more and more interesting. I think the the little bits we hear about it because now the new the current screenwriter of Blade is Nick Pizzolatto. Who oh yeah, we uh, we know as the creator and showrunner of True Detective. Mm-hmm. So, what do you think of that, Jimmy? Uh, well, <laughs> I really like season one. Uh, I have not seen the other seasons. How many are there now? It's gonna be four. There's gonna be four. Apparently, two's not great. Three, I think, is supposed to be pretty good, and that one has Mahershala Ali in it. Yeah. So, so. there you go. I mean, establish that. Um, who knows? This seems like a mess. I don't. I don't know. I don't know anything about the character Blade, really. Right? He's the vampire. Yeah, hunter vampire guy. hunter. He's half vampire himself. Oh wow, that must be conflicting. Yeah, <laughs> it is. <laughs> half vampire. How does that work? He, like he's a kid of a vampire in a person, or he just it's yeah one fang in him. Well, so at least I guess I don't know how it is in the comics. In the Wesley Snipes movies, it worked because the his mom was like, like, like really pregnant with him, and then she got bit by a vampire like right before she was about to give birth. So then he was born and is a half vampire. Well, <laughs> Last of Us logic, he should be immune. Immune. Yeah. So. <laughs> um. Sure. Whatever. Brokaw. Fine. I don't know. Actually, Bergeron. Okay. <laughs> I'll give it a Broca. I think having him on gives me a little bit more confidence for this movie that is a mess for some reason. How do you say his name? I said Pizzolato, but I really don't know if that's how you Pit- say it. Nick Pizzicato. <laughs> I'm just pronouncing it phonetically. No idea. Breaking out, my fo- breaking out my phonics. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, next bit of news, Jimmy. Uh, we got the name for the new Conjuring movie, uh, which is different from the Conjuring show. This next Conjuring movie is called The Conjuring Last Rites. So might mean it's the last one. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> Diminishing returns. Here's what I care about, Holden, is James Wan directing. Uh, probably not, but I don't think we have a director attached. I I'm not all excited for it. I thought the third one was bad. <laughs> I really I didn't remember us disliking it that much. I thought I I remember thinking it was very mid, but I don't remember. I also don't remember like anything about the movie. So hmm. maybe just I remember not really liking it. Okay. So I don't I don't really care. Bergeron just set it straight to HBO again would be nice. That would be nice. We don't have to go to the theater for it. I'm uh, more excited for The Nun 2. <laughs> None your business. None your business. Yeah, I'll give it a Bergeron. Um, Jimmy, you like Beetlejuice? You ever seen Beetlejuice? I've never seen Beetlejuice. Okay, well, Beetlejuice 2 is happening, Jimmy. Wow. <laughs> excited. I, I'm excited now. <laughs> now you got to watch Beetlejuice 1. you got to know the That's... lore of what sets up Beetlejuice 2. 
Um, True. No cast or, or director or anything has been confirmed, but uh, Jenna Ortega had been previously in talks as a lead. Makes sense. I mean, she's got the Tim Burton connections at this point with Wednesday, so not not really mm-hmm. a surprise. Um, I like Beetlejuice one. I think it's good. Um, I didn't really grow up with it like a lot of people did, but I watched it probably for the first time a few years ago, and I enjoyed it. Fun Halloween movie. Michael Keaton's really good in it. Fun practical effects in it. It's pretty cool. But, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Bergeron, just because I have no attachment. Sure. I will also go Bergeron. Um, and that is all I have for news, Jimmy. Um, the only thing I could possibly think of for Tog is apparently Jedi Survivor is very broken. <laughs> yeah, very broken on PC, but PC, but also a good game. I don't know. Yeah, it's been getting good reviews. I also saw that the PlayStation One is pretty broken too. Um, currently, um, granted, I don't. I don't know if the day one patch or anything will f- has fixed any of the issues or whatnot, but at launch it was it was pretty broken. So, which is like, well, how are these reviewers saying it's such a good game? Then that's my thing. I'm like, that's kind of how is nobody too. saying like this game is broken? Yeah, <laughs> it's a shame. I mean, it, I I guess it's it's cool that hopefully once it gets patched up, it'll probably be a good game. But yeah, it's weird that they don't talk about like the performance and general bugs and everything with it more yeah um that's i feel like the last the first one was pretty bad too right away maybe i don't know you had a lot of like the stutters and free like the game would just freeze when you would transition to a new area okay um just goes to show don't buy a game day one (laughs) yeah (laughs) um but yeah apparently good i am excited to play it three months from now yeah <laughs> i'll, I'll wait for the i'll wait for the bugs to be ironed out a bit for sure yeah all right then hold on if that's it let's talk about just no no tv show no just TV evil show. evil dead rise non-spoiler review is going to be coming up right after the little jingle All right, Evil Dead Rise is the a new movie in the Evil Dead franchise. Um, it's obviously a, a franchise that is is long standing, but only has five movies total. It's kind of odd, um, just because it's been around since I think that original one was like eighty, eighty one, something like that. Um, but yeah, this is the fifth movie in the franchise, directed by Lee Cronin looks like um apparently he directed a movie called uh now i'm not seeing it uh the hole in the ground apparently it's that was good but no idea nothing know nothing about it uh do you have a synopsis for the movie jimmy yes i do a reunion between two estranged sisters gets cut short by the rise of flesh possessing demons thrusting them into a primal battle for survival as they face the most nightmarish version of family imaginable. Yeah. Sounds like uh, Thanksgiving. Yeah, <laughs> sounds like Thanksgiving. Um, yeah, uh, so this movie, um, I enjoyed it. I had a good time. I don't, it's nowhere near my favorite one of the five. I would argue it's one of the lower ones. Um, 
I don't know if I made it clear on the podcast before. I don't really care for the first movie, um, the the original, uh, that much because I just think the second one is like just a way better. It's essentially a remake um, of the first one. I think it's better in every way. But um, so this one might be above the OG for me. But um, yeah, I, I had a good time with it. What do you think? I thought it was fine. I I really did. It it's just gonna be a movie I forget about. For the rest of my life, honestly, I just thought it was in one in one year out the other. I don't think it's bad. I just it did not do anything I was not expecting it to do. Really, there there were a couple things I was like, okay, that's that's nice, mm-hmm. but I just was like, this just is like felt like a very much a by the numbers possession slasher kill em movie, and I was just like, okay. I've yeah. seen this before. And that, I just thought my favorite genre to begin with. I mean, I do... Some of my favorite horror movies are like The Conjuring 2 specifically. I like more. Uh, and Hereditary. And I just feel like I there was more either enjoyment or interest in both of those than than this. I just was like, I don't, I don't care. Yeah, it, um... This, yeah, I mean, it is pretty by the numbers and and how it kind of proceeds. Especially if you've seen any of the other Evil Dead movies, I would argue it's it's even though it's in a different setting from the others, it kind of goes down very similarly. Aside from maybe like the the last fifteen minutes or so is a, is a bit different than how they some, usually solve the problem. But um, other than that, it is it's it's pretty similar. I mean, it may not be a cabin in the woods. Um, um, but it, it, I mean, they find the book, they, they read the book, you know, possession happens, all these things that you've come to know. Um, so yeah, um, plays it safe in that regard, but I still thought it was, even though it follows a lot of tropes, I still thought it was overall executed pretty well, personally. I, uh, I agree. I think it's well directed. Mm-hmm. I think the cast is good enough. I don't, I didn't love the performances. Yeah. Um, but I honestly think like there are some interesting ideas of the cinematography and the production design and all mm-hmm. that. Like I I don't think it's a bad movie. I just think like it didn't justify its own existence for me. I just I'm like this this is just a movie made for people who like the other ones and who like this type of movie and I don't really feel like it adds anything more beyond that. But I would say props to the director and the, a lot of the people working on this, I think it's a technically pretty well done movie. I just, it's just not really for me. Like I, I, I need it to be like really amazing for me to enjoy one of these movies. Sure. Uh, well, I mean, as you mentioned, the cinematography I think is is really pretty great here. I, I mean, there there's um, some elements that are taken kind of from Sam Raimi's book. I mean, from the from the old Evil Dead movies. I mean, you have the the demon kind of pov shots that are pretty pretty famous for these movies and everything but um there's some new stuff that uh, lee cronin does i think especially with the space the 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 apartment building gives him um i think is really quite interesting um which we can talk about a little bit more in spoilers but yeah visually i thought it was a really fantastic movie i'm kind of interested to see what this director makes next at least from that department I also think it's a movie that the best the best minutes of the movie are the first five minutes. I would argue. Sure. I and I would say the rest of the movie is not as good as the first five minutes. 
Well, I yeah, I like the first five minutes, especially I like the title reveal. I thought that was mm-hmm. pretty great. <laughs> so it was, it was pretty, pretty exciting. Um, I'm not sure if I agree that it's the best part for me personally, um, but it is it is a lot of fun. It kind of just gets right into what you, you kind of expect, I guess, from this series from the get go in a way. But. Yeah. I don't know. I, 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 I'm going to sound really negative in this movie. I, I'm just completely indifferent to it more than anything. I was just like, that's a movie I saw. It was fine. Now I'm going to forget about it forever. Um, but it's just not my, not my cup of tea, I guess. Um, one thing I do think that the, the series consistently does really well, including in this, is I think any time that someone is performing possessed, um, which the, the creatures canonically are called like deadites or Kendarian demons, take your pick, um, but whenever they're a deadite, it's pretty great. I mean, I think the mom is, is pretty fantastic. Yeah, uh, I thought she was the best performance for me. Yeah, um, especially when she's possessed. She, she was great. Um, the other characters, I, I feel like this movie, kind of what holds it back from the other ones is it lacks really like a fun... I, I wouldn't say like the entire cast of those other movies are great or anything, but they all are cons- they all consistently have a very good lead in it um the first three movies you have bruce campbell who's just iconic as ash fantastic in those movies uh and even the 2013 reboot which i just watched this week uh the lead in that is really pretty great too and i i think the lead actress in this is good i just don't think her character is that interesting and i don't think she like i don't think it's like campy enough or weird enough to kind of justify an underwritten character like her so i she wasn't compelling enough or like fun enough to watch it was like fine it was serviceable but just kind of a disappointment for me compared to the other movies i didn't really like any of the characters that much i think that was my thing like i either like i think you either need to like really despise the characters in this movie in these movies or really like them Mm -hmm. or just have some sort of fun like even like Compared to like X, which is a different movie, right? But yeah. I feel like the characters in X are just more interesting and they've got more personality for sure. Yeah. Like, where it's like these are just like the the brother, the sister. Like that's like their personality. Mm-hmm. It's like oh, the the sister's gonna go to a protest tomorrow. That really doesn't have anything to do with the rest of the movie at all. Yeah, it's she's her whole character seems to be defined by being kind of the, you know, you know likes to go protest and you know fight for the people or whatever but like she's i don't it doesn't really factor into anything like later on like that's only just set up and then she's just you know family member who's getting terrorized by demons and same with the the brother who's the dj which just serves to be like a a way for the plot to go into effect yeah rather than anything that actually comes into play Mm mm-hmm the girl, the do- the kid is just like stupid. <laughs> I guess like the little girl's just dumb for the plot, and that's the that's what this movie has too. It's just got characters doing dumb things. Yeah, it's one of those movies too, which is whatever. I get it. It's a horror movie, but can we be done with that trope? Can we not think of anything better? Yeah, and that's. Uh, that's another especially thing. Especially this especially the a, a thing that the little girl does. Yeah. 
because it doesn't even it doesn't even lead to anything actually having ramifications later on in the movie. It's just dumb. Yeah, it's just happened. It's just like okay, this thing happened, and now we actually wrote around it anyway later. And it's like, well, why did you even need to have it then? Mm-hmm. It just was supposed to be a moment of tension, and it's just you're like, well, this is stupid. Yeah, and I, I, that's another thing I can compare with like the the older movies, is especially with the Sam Raimi trilogy the stupid things that happen in those movies are justified because the characters themselves are pretty stupid like they're it's it makes sense in the in the world of those movies especially with like bruce campbell's character because ash is a pretty stupid protagonist so it makes sense he would do something dumb but in this movie it's not played off as like like a campy thing or anything it's just a little girl and it's a a dumb decision that frustrates the viewer like it is it's it's stupid <laughs> and then again it doesn't even amount to anything mm-hmm. really in the in the scope of the movie that's the thing it's like it can't be stupid for it so it's fun and but i feel like they just took it too seriously but without actually giving them any actual character to the yeah. personality they all feel just flat it's um, and even like the relationship between the two sisters like I feel like it's not really developed. It's just kind of like I don't know, just thrown at you with dialogue. Yeah, and I don't. It I just is. I didn't really understand their dynamic that well. Like it was um, not that I. I don't want them to exposit everything necessarily, but it's I didn't. I didn't totally get what they what they were going for with that. And there's something that happened with their mom. I don't. I don't really get. I don't know even know if they said what happened with that, but yeah, it's just confusing. And then you so you compare this to um, movies that I like more, Conjuring and Conjuring Two. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vera Farmiga and Patrick Wilson have a bring a lot of bring a lot to those movies. Yeah, yeah. in with their characters and things are I feel like those movies are just more interesting too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I really like those and they have a lot more heart I think than this movie does I feel like this movie tries to have heart but since these characters aren't really developed and you don't really feel connected to them it comes up short whereas with Patrick Wilson Vera Farmiga as the Warrens in the Conjuring movies I feel like you actually care about them mm-hmm. and they develop them and they actually have this relationship between them and then with the family the the parents and whatever the other family is that they're trying to help them in the mo- in those movies, you actually like have an emotional connection with those characters. You care about them. They have nice moments with them, like when uh, can't stop falling in love with you. Can't stop falling in love, whatever you with you when <laughs> Patrick Wilson sings that. That's like a, just a nice moment. Mm-hmm. Those also those movies are also kind of funny too. There's not really anything in here that that's. I mean, there's like kind of practical gags but not like any jokes or things and not that it's needed but it's just like i didn't i felt like everything was just so flat and on and 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 just not really interesting nothing to really connect me to anything Mm -hmm. and there is some creativity in here i don't think it's completely devoid i do like a couple of things they like that they did and we can talk about those in spoilers but it's just I needed I needed some sort of thing to ground me and pull me into the movie, mm-hmm. and none of the things that were creative were enough to do that for me in sure. my experience. 
Yeah, no. Um, and I think, as you mentioned, this movie takes itself pretty seriously for a lot of it. I do think it it, it has quite a few comedic elements in it, um, but it is like a weird mishmash. I'm I I feel like my whole thing here is I'm going to be comparing it to the other ones. I don't want I don't want to just seem like that the whole time. But I think what works about the previous movies is you have like the Sam Raimi movies, which don't take themselves seriously at all as horror movies, especially two and three. You have the 2013 reboot, which takes itself incredibly seriously. It's like the exact opposite, a very different reimagining, but it works because the it's it it treats its subject. It's it, it's all just a very serious movie, very gory, very intense. I think it really works in that movie as a different just kind of horror movie. This is kind of somewhere in between, I think. And inherently, I don't have a problem with that. I like having some comedy thrown in, but I just don't think the tone with what they're going for here um, for a lot of it, it it felt weird when they'd sometimes throw in like a gag or whatever. Um, I don't know. And maybe maybe I'm kind of a Debbie Downer when I say that because I do like comedy and horror, but sometimes it just it didn't quite fit for me. Um, Hereditary is hilarious really yeah. i mean there's a lot of black comedy yeah, and it's comedy. one of the most disturbing movies you can watch mm-hmm. but i mean it, it's hilarious too and and it's an incredible family drama at the heart of it watching this family fall apart and again there's just it it just this movie i'm like okay okay well this is gonna happen and then this person's gonna die and then this character's gonna die and this character's gonna die and this is how it's gonna end and that's exactly what happened Mm-hmm. and it's not it's okay if a movie is is formulaic in that way but it's gotta give me something else to chew on and like i said there's little things but nothing to make me really remember it which is the shame um i think it's it's just it's a fine movie if you saw the trailer and you're like oh that looks like fun then you'll like it if you saw the trailer and you're like oh, that doesn't really do it for me it's not gonna do it for you I don't think it's going to be like, oh, that this is way better than you thought it was going to be. Yeah, I think this movie for me is is pretty much carried on the anything that's horror related, even though I don't think it's scary or anything. But any anytime it is, you know, a horror scene, if there's violence, if there's cool, weird body, you know, dismemberment or whatever i i think it's it's very entertaining in that regard i think it's the most memorable parts of the movie and i think there is quite a bit of it in here i don't think there's i mean there is downtime but it's i think there's a a pretty decent balance for the most part um but it's the other stuff that really for me holds it back from being one of the the better ones of the franchise i still think it's good personally i still think the series is is pretty is upper tier in terms of horror just because it i don't think there is a bad movie in the franchise um but yeah it's for me if it's it's probably like a like a seven out of ten i'd say Hmm. um look i i would not be surprised if the director of this movie who is lee cronin if he does something really good Mm -hmm. someday he did the ghost train the hole in the ground minutes past midnight through the night i think hole in the ground is the only feature length one Uh, i think the others might be short films but i've 
heard good things about the, since kind of looking into it. I, apparently, that hole in the ground movie is pretty good. So it's free online. Is it watch. really? Yeah. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> cool. So no hole in your wallet. No, but a hole <laughs> certainly in the ground. not. <laughs> uh. Yeah, that, that's where I'm at. Anything else to say, non-spoiler wise? No, I don't think so. Don't think Hole so. in the ground has 2.6 Google rating out of five. Oh, maybe it's divisive. I don't know. A couple uh, mo- more than anything, it's one star reviews. Interesting. It's about like about like a third one star reviews, and then pretty much even split two, three, four, five. Huh. So. I don't know. A couple of the, a couple of, the, but it's free, okay. <laughs> a couple of the reviews I was reading about this movie, um, they praised that that previous movie. So I don't know. It's a twenty four. So oh really? Okay. Cool. Yeah. There you go. Uh, let's go into spoilers. Hold them. Yeah. All right, spoilers for Evil Dead Rise. Um, yeah, as I mentioned during the, uh, as I mentioned during the credits, apparently the priest on the recording is played by Bruce Campbell, who's uh, Ash in the original Evil Dead movies and frequent collaborator of Sam Raimi. So. Um, I got a kick out of the other people in the theater because I don't know if you heard them, but when we <laughs> left, they're saying, man, if Russell Crowe was in this, this would have wrapped up in about 15 minutes. <laughs> nice little allusion to The Pope's Exorcist. Oh, my God. <laughs> a movie that we admittedly have not reviewed. No, we have not. <laughs> I Yeah, the, we it was an interesting crowd in there. It wasn't too annoying. There were a few moments where I, I, thought, I thought some of the people in the theater were annoying. There was one person that was just like hacking up a long lung like constantly <laughs> behind I you. I did not notice. Okay. Um but yeah, I don't know. We saw we I, I guess we I don't think we even mentioned it um in non-spoilers. We just saw this movie. <laughs> and normally this is not how it goes. It's usually yeah. a couple of days later. Mm-hmm. Maybe this is the new thing, Holden. I I still prefer going Thursday night cuz I think it's the crowd's less annoying usually. But Holden, you're just such a... You just can't be around the plebeians. I can't be around just, the plebeians. <laughs> you're too patrician for them. Too high class. No, I just... I just... I mean, don't get me wrong. I have, I've had plenty of big theater experiences where they're great. But I also know, it. for me, it just takes one annoying person to, like, ruin a movie experience for me. And if you're in a full movie theater, the chances of there being at least one is, is pretty high. So. I you still that's why that's why Holden sits uh, across the theater from me. It's <laughs> way in the back corner. Um, here's the here's the thing that I liked, and sorry that we. I'm just gonna jump to the ending. I like how they all combined to form a weird monster thing. I was like, I like that. Yeah, good. it, it was like a Resident that. Evil boss. <laughs> yeah, I, there's a lot of Resident Evil inspiration here. I think specifically with a lot of things happening in the parking lot felt very Resident mm-hmm. Evil 2 to me. Yeah. Um, I liked that. I thought that was a nice little touch. Um, gets crushed in that grinder sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. You get the the moment Mike, where... My, Michael Myers treatment. <laughs> she uh, breaks out the, the chainsaw. You know, gotta have the chainsaw and the shotgun in these movies. Yep. Doesn't use them both at once, but has both. So... 
Look, I, I like that part. Uh, as we said, the first five minutes, I, I enjoyed the drone shot at the beginning. I was like, this is a drone, and it was. And it, then I thought it was just funny. The, the lady gets her head ripped off. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty I, funny. I liked the intro. I don't... I'm not, like... I think it's a fun, like, cold open. I, I'm not convinced with how they, like, tie it in at the end. I think the ending I, is oh. kind of lame really dumb yeah it does not need to be in the movie at all no there's it's just like hey remember that first five minutes of the movie here's how it connects and it's really not it, it's just very it just loose. added eight minutes to the movie <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was it was very bizarre and that i it it's also weird i guess it ties into how this movie is a little bit different because a lot of the times in these evil dead movies they're kind of wrapped up by kind of like cha- finding and enchanting a, a counter curse kind of thing that kind of stops the the possessions or whatever but they like they, they don't do that in this so the technically the spirits are still just at large which is how it ties in at the beginning um they just they manage yeah. to escape after the physical demons are crushed here's what i want to know like when the mom gets like taken out she's like pretty much possessed from the get-go mm-hmm. whereas that lady the end goes and drives and picks up her friend and then drives you know presumably like hours <laughs> to this cabin <laughs> yeah the so maybe the demons just chilling the demons it, it's they're con- i think it's they're kind of inconsistent in these movies in, in multiple ways but i it seems to me that they can like they can kind of like hide and, and like pretend that they're not possessed or whatever. And that I feel like that happens a lot more in the other movies too, but I, I feel like they could be more dormant if they want. So maybe they, the demons are like, Oh, they, they get possessed and they see that they're going on this trip with these other people. Like, Oh, we'll go kill these other people. Yeah. <laughs> they uh, seem to just acquire all the memories of their host as well. Yeah. Yeah, I think they, they basically just possess the brains and everything, so. All right. Well, Olden, do you have a favorite, like, kill then or sequence? What's your favorite part of the movie if it's not the intro? Um, I like... I like a lot of the stuff that happened. I mean, I, I think the, the most unique kind of aspect is is the, the peephole shots. I think those are kind of fun where we were able to kind of witness what's happening in the hallway with that. I think any I think kind of when there when she goes on like a killing spree in that hallway is fun. She like spits the guy's eye into the other guy's I was gonna mouth. say she's bites his eye out and then spits it and gets another guy to choke on the eye. Yeah. I like in <laughs> that was one of the that was one of the moments where the comedy did work better for me. I thought that was pretty funny. Um but yeah, I think that that whole kind of sequence I think was probably the most entertaining for me. But, yeah. Wonder yeah. how that cat is doing. Yeah, I was kind of surprised we didn't see a dead cat strung up somewhere. That's a, okay. The part that with this girl making a stupid decision, she unlocks the door. Mm-hmm. Incredibly stupid. God. <laughs> I feel and like most like most kids would not do that. Like, yeah, kids can be dumb, but like, come on, dude. Most kids would just be like crying under a table. Yeah. Or hiding in their closet. That's what I was they thinking. Be like, oh. At the end of the movie, I was just thinking like imagine like imagine the money you would make off this kid if you're a therapist. <laughs> just Wow, Folden. <laughs> 
Yeah, no, I but like she just like obviously. I mean, I know this. It's happens in other horror movies, but she like she has to like turn on the chopper, turn on the chopper to uh kill the the mom and everything at the end, and everyone's just doused in blood and yeah, it's it's quite the quite the ordeal for a little girl. Yeah. Adelaide. <laughs> basically that move this movie in the synopsis lots and lots of blood holy smokes yeah um surprisingly not so as much as 2013's evil dead <laughs> if you can even believe that but <laughs> so and it's a lot of blood yeah so she opens the door and the mom grabs her and tries to kill her wow what a shocker <laughs> wouldn't seen that coming and then they like get get her loose and then close it anyway mm-hmm. and then she just comes in through the ceiling because of the cat mm-hmm. what great writing yeah it's it's pretty lame just those decisions that sometimes they make in this movie i it it is just the trend of like the girl is the most obnoxious about it with that decision but the other characters do it to an extent too where like they're clearly in this like supernatural situation and they'll just like approach someone who's like clearly not okay (laughs) like like, and they do it like unarmed too like it's it's just that happens all the time in horror movies it's just really silly and stupid yeah um how do they transfer the possession because bridget the the daughter sister character Mm -hmm. gets it from the tattoo thing like but she's like oh mama's gonna give you a kiss or whatever so is it like did she kiss her and that's what happened and so i don't i don't know if i have i I don't know if I have a definitive answer because I think it's kind of inconsistent in the movies. I think in some of them, it seems to be that it's like whenever someone just gets injured by the demon, like they can kind of, I don't know if it's supposed to be like they can enter through the wound or something. Um, but that's just kind of the way I've take, I have take I take it like just any kind of old wound or whatever can get kind of. But then the, the brother's son didn't No, he did get possessed at one point, did he? Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. He gets possessed. Because he is part of the creature at the mm-hmm. end. Uh, I don't know. I, I was a little surprised to see the sister go before the brother, but mm-hmm. not surprised to see the little girl go at the end. I don't know. Yeah, I was, I was. you know, they just kill kids in this movie. Like that one kid from next door or whatever just gets his like arms ripped off. <laughs> like, it's... They're not. They're not afraid to do it. I mean, I. I didn't think they were gonna kill the little girl. I like that might have been a bit too far, maybe for a lot of people. But yeah, the therapists it's... have too much money to lose. <laughs> no, but it's. Uh, yeah, it's. It's not afraid to just kill everyone off. No one's safe. No. Aside from the main, the the, the main character, obviously, she wasn't gonna die, but. Yeah, I mean, you got the the some of the cringy moments. I guess is when the guy takes just a a, a butcher's knife to the to the, the arm. Yeah. <laughs> Ow, the bicep. God, yeah, that hurt. Seems like a really rough place to get stabbed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of stabbings. I mean, there's the bit with the the tattoo gun or whatever tattoo needle. I guess. Um, tattoo gun. Tattoo gun. <laughs> Um, with the tattoo needle and yeah, there's, there's a lot of just really cringy. There's the cheese grater bit, which is in the trailer and, um, yeah. Ooh, that was rough. Yeah. I did not remember that from the trailer. That yeah. Was... 
no, it's just not great. <laughs> kind of makes you not want to eat cheese for a bit, but yeah, it's uh, it's just a lot of good kills and all, all the effects. I, I we didn't really mention it. All, pretty much all of the like the gore effects, uh, violence, and all that. It's really good. Much better than Renfield. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, a lot of it, I mean, I know there's there's CG in, in there, but a lot of it does look very practical, and some of it I don't know exactly how they did it. It's pretty impressive. Yeah, I agree. Um, that was nice. Um, the elevator stuff, I don't know. When the mom first got possessed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that okay. was, it, it was... Simple. I didn't, I, I, I was just like, what? I didn't need this whole, like, thing. Like, I, like just, she's possessed, let's go. It's supposed to be like reminiscent of how the lots of times or like the first victim has gotten possessed in the woods. Lots of times they get they kind of get strung up by a tree or whatever, like tree branches will string them up and whatnot. And that happens in the first two movies, at least in the remake. So I think it was just supposed to be a callback to that or whatever. But I didn't feel like it, it was weird that like the elevator kind of did that in the other movies there's a lot more interaction where like the demons will like make uh you know something like like an inanimate object do stuff or like very supernatural things happening around the house and it doesn't really happen in this aside from like the elevator stuff it is mostly just them possessing people and the people doing things so it it did kind of seem a little out of place in that regard for the most part it was just demon possession also they fell 13 stories 14 stories they're dead yeah like like, i don't care how much like they're in blood i guess so maybe but i still think you're dead yeah (laughs) smash it didn't seem like the elevator landed that hard either like i feel like it would have (laughs) just they pancake right like you're dead yeah it would have like borderline exploded and it just kind of lands it lands hard, but not as hard as it would have. And then it opens, and yeah. I also feel like the elevator drops before then, because blood's got to weigh a ton. Oh yeah, probably. I mean, like I think it's what one cubic foot of water, one cubic feet of water is like a metric ton or something. I don't know. Really? I probably got that wrong. It, it, it weighs a lot. <laughs> Liquids weigh a lot, Holden. That elevator should have fallen sooner, and they should be dead. Good callback to The Shining, though, in an interesting way. Yeah, yeah. Good callback. Um, I'm trying to think. What else about this movie? Um, oh, you made that joke about Bo is Afraid. Yeah, like the for our audience members who have seen both this and Bo is Afraid, so no one. She like <laughs> hangs her above a bathtub and falls into the bathtub. Someone falls on Bo in the bathtub. So yeah. I made the joke. Oh, Pretty funny moment. Bo is get afraid. Off of me. But there you not go. a big spoiler. Don't worry if you're no. if you're still gonna go see that movie that people are divided on. <laughs> I am I'm not divided. I just don't like it a lot. Uh, fair. <laughs> well, we're divided. I liked it, so sure <laughs> um yeah i don't know really what else there is to say about it um i just had a good time i enjoyed it um yeah i don't know is there anything else we're, we're forgetting no just want to correct myself cubic meter of water okay that is yeah. 
a metric ton. That makes but how much sense to me. <laughs> cubic meter of blood? It's you might get put on a watch old, list if you look that a little up. bit more. <laughs> <laughs> Does blood weigh more than water? I, I'd imagine. I, I mean, it's it's got it right. It's got stu- it's like water with stuff in it. Yeah. I mean, nearly equal to distilled water, so maybe not. Oh, okay. <laughs> Good stuff for your search history, Jimmy. Yeah. <laughs> so there we go. Um, and lots of blood. Look, that thing's dropping. Yeah, that's all is. I gotta say. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, I did. I guess I did want to mention. I mean, they they do. It's it's not like original at this point, but I I still like the whole like out of focus demon crawling around in the background stuff. That's still I still think that's that's a fun kind of shot, and they do that in this movie. So yeah, why does she put headphones on? I don't know. So, they, so then it they was don't purely get purely just for that. <laughs> so then I guess they don't get possessed if they hurt hear it. And only she will, and then you have the knife. Except it, that wouldn't make sense because, like the the it, like the mom wasn't the one that heard the incantation. Yeah, I don't know. So, <laughs> also that's the thing. Uh, so the thing you have to like suspension of disbelief with all of these movies, and it's a problem with even like the older ones too. Just like why are you why are you reading this book? <laughs> like just like oh, look the most a hole. evil looking just book cr- in existence. Let me just crawl in the cement hole after this earthquake. Yeah. <laughs> Find this thing that's like surrounded by, you know, like crosses and whatnot. And it was weird. I think like the thing that bothered me the most, even more so than them reading the book, was that they just like they just happened to find the records in that like random box. Like it was. Just, yeah. It was like the one box that was open just happened to have those records in it. And also found the book and everything. It was, yeah, I don't know. Very, very lucky for the movie, I guess. But not for the not for the family. All right. Do you like the movie more or less after this conversation or the same? I'm about the same, I think. I, I know yeah. I did I did get more negative and non spoilers than I was expecting, but I, I'm still like I enjoyed it. Um Yeah, not not my favorite Evil Dead, far from it, but still an, an enjoyable time. I liked it. Alright. Anything else to say? No, no, I think I'm I'm good. Alright, then let's go on to our final segment, which of course is what? are you doing what are you doing what are you doing no what are you doing what are you doing no what are you doing what are you doing all right what did i do this week jimmy well as i mentioned earlier not a ton had a busy week but i did watch the 2013 evil dead remake that's really the only movie i watched um and i i talked about it a bit in the evil dead review but I do think it is a pretty good remake of a of like as far as like horror movie remakes go. It's I would almost argue it's like more of a reimagining, you know, as they like to say sometimes. But it's it's very different. I mean, the the cast is it's different set of characters. I mean, similar setup and everything, but they're there for a different reason, and um, a lot of what goes down is is pretty different. Very different tonally. Um, visually it's very very cool it's it kind of feels like a really gross like grimy mid-2000s almost 
exploitation movie but with really high production value and really well shot and everything like it's it's not it doesn't look that way for any sort of amateur reason it's definitely on purpose um it's very very cool very gory as i mentioned probably gorier than this movie um more disturbing i would probably say but yeah i enjoyed that one quite a bit um but aside from that really haven't watched even any tv um and i think in kind of few moments i had at like lunch or whatever i watched some justice league but it's really about it um which by the way i just i i mentioned it every week justice league unlimited so good and season two and so it this, this show is so good jimmy like i don't i don't know i know you don't really <laughs> care to watch it but if you ever do you should if you ever have a hankering i'd a love hankering. to talk about it with you it's so good it's like everything that DC should be. It's um, on HBO. It's on HBO. Yeah. Um, I mean, Max soon to be. Yeah, soon to be Max. Few weeks. Um, but yeah, and then game wise, I uh, I started Horizon uh, Burning Shores. I'm, I haven't played a ton of it, just a little bit into it, but um, it's pretty good so far. Really like it. Um, they definitely upped kind of the visuals of it because it's only a ps5 <laughs> like it's not on the ps4 version of the game so they're able to kind of dig into that the the ps5 power a bit more and it's gorgeous some really cool additions i like i think i didn't realize it's only on the ps5 yeah what a strange decision yeah sorry for all of the ps4 players of this game because you're just not going to be able to play this until you upgrade but um yeah, I, the machines. The in terms of the new machines, there's like one really cool new one um, that I think is where a lot of the thought went into. Um, I think there's four total. Two of them kind of go hand in hand. The third one is kind of whatever, and the fourth one I'm guessing has to be a boss or something because I just haven't run into it in the world yet, and I feel like I've explored a lot of this area. But yeah, I don't know. Not as I I I think like the the bear ones and the and the um, frozen wilds are kind of cooler, but um, yeah, still fun. Really liking it. Good good story so far. Um, and it being set in LA is 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 quite fun. So, but yeah, Jimmy, what about you? What have you been doing? Uh well, TV wise, I've been watching Barry. So I'm halfway through season one right now. Nice, enjoying it, liking it. Uh. I think I'm getting acquainted to the characters and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, so there we go. Played a little bit of Pistol Whip. Fun. Um, and then uh, just for school, I I showed this video about the gladiators. It's called, it's a BBC, like, kind of uh, TV movie called Coliseum, Rome's Arena of Death. Mm-hmm. It's from 2003, I think. Um it's like cheesy TV movie, but it's also really good. So if you're okay. interested at all in Gladiators or the Coliseum, it's called Coliseum Rome's Arena of Death. You can find it online on YouTube or something uh, to watch. It, it follows the story of the true story of these two gladiators who were friends um, going through the their life and what it was like. And it <laughs> really interestingly has really good music. Like the music in it is so catchy and interesting (laughs) and it's just like, yeah, it's just good battle music and it's been stuck in my head uh, lately. So be showing parts of that clips from that in class as we learn about the gladiators and all the different events at the Coliseum. 
looks pretty good for uh, a, a TV movie from 2003. So I would recommend that. Otherwise, Holden, that's it for me. Oh, other than I watched the new Succession episode. Oh, nice. So there we go. Cool. Well, then, uh, next week we'll be doing Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Um, so, yeah, excited for that one. Um, I believe that is it. So, uh, if you want to leave us a request, you can do so by leaving us a five star review mm-hmm. on iTunes or uh, email us at toppodcast at gmail.com or donate to our Patreon. Jimmy, I believe that's it. My throat All right. hurts. God, <laughs> I've been talking too much today. Well, I'm glad you said it. I wasn't going to say it. (laughs) All right, Holden, until next time, adios, pantalones. Love you. That one movie podcast. (laughs)